0: Financial literacy is key when it comes to building wealth and being prepared for retirement. However, just because a person successfully reaches their retirement years with a solid nest egg does not mean the learning is over. Today on the show, we're going to talk about the importance of being a lifelong learner.
1: And now, now.
2: the Allon Exchange with Jay and Brittany Hagee.
1: Welcome into the Allon Exchange. I'm consumer advocate, Chrissy Paradis, and I am joined in studio, as always, by Jay and Brittany Hagee of Allon Planning Partners. Not only are they the owners of Allon Planning, but they also lead the financial planning team at Allon. You can go online to Alon Planning, A-L-L-O-N, planning.com. Or you can give them a call, 800-971-4549. Jay, Brittany, how are you guys doing today? We are good,
0: Chrissy. How are you?
1: I cannot complain, Uh, but it seems like I maybe would have a a reason to complain because (laughs) what you just mentioned, I have not ever been formally educated on anything financial or anything about the economy in my entire schooling career like
0: at all. Is that Uh common? Definitely. It's common. You know, we take classes for all kinds of things all throughout grade school, middle school, high school, even college and university years. And very few classes are taught about budgeting or preparing for retirement or how to invest, you know, strategies of investing. So you are one among many uh, who you're not alone. Yeah, that's right. You're you're not alone (laughs) Mm because, you know,
2: we spend a lot of time educating Uh, the folks that we meet with on financial planning and on their financial uh, situation. So, you know, everything from income planning to making sure that, Hey, when I make it to retirement, am I going to have enough money to live? Am I not going to run out of funds? That's what most people are, are fearing. Right. And so having uh, the understanding of how to create a a good income plan, Uh, we do a lot of tax planning and estate planning as well. We help folks with, with things like how do we, pay less in taxes uh, through our retirement or while we're headed to retirement? Uh, What can we do to, to mitigate some of those uh, expenses? And, and also the estate planning is, Hey, how do I get the most of what I have to the people that I love and not to, Uncle Sam uh, or I- anyone else that would want to come after my state. So so yeah, we we look at financial planning a lot. Everything is as simple as Brittany was saying from budgeting to making sure that we're creating healthy budgets to to how do I plan for an emergency and emergency funding to how do I create a full income plan and a tax plan and a state plan that I understand what's gonna happen Um, with my financial future.
0: And so much of what we do is just that, Chrissy, educating, talking about these topics with people, sharing uh, information about these financial topics. And, you know, we want to be lifelong learners and we want those that we work with. And, you know, we we, we want, we all should be lifelong learners. Albert Einstein said, once you stop learning, you start dying. And uh, that's, we we want to continue to grow. Um, my grandfather was, I mentioned him on a previous show, I think, but he was an, ex- an awesome example of this. He passed when he was in his mid-80s. He was in really great health, uh, aside from the incident that took him out. But anyway... Um, he was a lifelong learner. He mm-hmm. had this passion to learn, and he wanted to learn about people. He wanted to understand people. He wanted to learn new strategies for things, wanted to learn how to do things in a better way. He always wanted to reform and improve. And that should be a lifelong quest for us. It's it's an adventure, an adventure of life Mm -hmm. to continue to learn and grow. And that's what we like to do with regards to the financial field is to be able to educate and inform and provide resources, really provide resources on, on these topics that can seem a little daunting and maybe complicated and really um, simplify it and make it conversational and Um, really learn from it too. And hey, maybe actually enjoy it along the way.
2: (laughs) And then there's a, a, you know, all of us, we don't know what we don't know until we're taught, right? Um, Until we learn. So you you don't know uh, that you even need to know some of these things and it could be simplistic, uh, but we start off with, hey, are you making wise spending decisions? Are you making wise budgetary decisions with your dollars currently? Uh, because o- often in retirement, which is most times, there's a decrease in income since you're no longer working. That means that you'll have to be a little extra careful about spending and budgeting and have to be careful about where you're putting your dollars so that you're not dipping into all of your savings and your emergency funds every time a uh, you know, $1,000 need pops up.
0: And really, uh, all budgeting is is telling your money where to go. Mm-hmm. It's not. Okay. It's not. You don't. Yeah, you don't have to feel strapped, or it shouldn't be intimidating. It really is just telling your money where to go. Hey, I know this amount is coming in, and this is how I want to divvy up all those dollars into all these things that that, that matter in my life or that need resources.
2: Mm-hmm. And everyone has specific situations, right? Everyone has a different set of circumstances. Everyone has a different income. Everyone has different expenses. Some folks own businesses and have business expenses. Some folks um, work a W-2 job and only have household expenses. So everything looks different. And so that's why it's real important to sit down with someone who works across the board, like us, with, with, um, with every situation to say, hey, have you thought about, Uh, spending your money this way? Have you thought about putting uh, aside X amount more dollars because you may qualify for a certain SEP IRA or or something like that uh, to save in tax planning? Um, And so budgeting is is really just being intentional. And like Brittany said, being intentional about telling your dollars how to work for you.
0: And if you don't, you'll wonder where they went. If you don't tell your Mm -hmm. dollars where to go, you're going to wonder where'd my money go. And I learned (laughs) that the hard way. Yeah. Being aware of it every day. Maybe not like digging down into the nitty gritty every day. It's not that daunting, but absolutely being aware.
2: But, but you know, a lot of folks get to retirement Chrissy and they think, you know, or maybe they think, Hey, I've made it this far. I've planned this far. You know, I don't need any more education, but that's actually when you need to dig in even harder. Um, Like she, Brittany was saying her grandfather being a lifelong learner, the more that you learn, especially when you're in retirement, financial education is key. Uh, Like certain things like maximizing your social security benefits. So, uh, with social learning Security, the
0: strategies for that there
2: are many so strategies many. for that like and so timing matters whether you're married or not and what your spouse gets i will say social there Security. are fewer
0: strategies now than there were a few years ago the laws did change so it, it minimized our strategy op- options options yeah there's still quite a Absolutely. quite a number of, of ways to, to approach that but for if you sure. don't
2: know what those are if yep. you haven't dug into those strategies or set with someone who does yep. you're going to leave a lot of money on the table and it's going to go back to the government, instead of going to your pocket, right? Uh, Uncle um, so Sam's things like a little that.
1: greedy when it comes to... You always, know always. Nope.
2: And if you get proper education, you can take advantage of what Uncle Sam has set up to help with. Right. Like so there are ways that you can save money from taxes. But if you don't get the proper education and you uh, just keep sticking your ha- head in the sand and doing what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always gotten. And that's and that's the key here is that we're doing um, we're lifelong learning so that we can benefit our situation in and through retirement.
1: Mm-hmm, right. And that truly is the Allon difference. You can start at any stage, at any mm-hmm. phase of right. financial planning, and the team at Allon will be able to help you through that process. 800-971-4549, 800-971-4549, or go online, allonplanning.com, A-L-L-O-N, planning. Dot com, click continue the conversation and schedule a complimentary consultation.
2: Yeah. I- and I, and that's, that's great. Cause that's uh, what we want to do. We want to get folks uh, more educated when they leave. I tell clients this all the time, even if you decide, Hey, you know, I'm I'm okay. I don't need any further uh, advice than, than what I thought I did, right? If you learn one thing while we're sitting down here together today, and like you said, Christy, there's, there's not a time I haven't sat with a uh, client that they haven't walked away and say, oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Or, oh, oh, wait a minute. You mean this? You mean this is how things are actually happening and Mm -hmm. I didn't know? It happens every time. So, you know, a couple other uh, scenarios that I wanted to hit real quick in, in education and planning was what's happening in the economy right now. Oh, huge wow. inflation numbers like never before, yeah. right? How do we prepare and how do we fight this inflation that we're dealing with? It's it's over 40 years. Um, it, it, it's it's a larger numbers right now of inflation than than in the past 40 years. So uh, it, what does that mean? It means, you know, that number one fear is getting hit in most retirees that says, oh, man, I'm going to run out of money because most of them know it that cost of goods are going up, right? Um, and so there are strategies to help beat inflation. You know, one of those strategies are a TIPS uh, or a treasury inflated protection security, uh, certain dividend paying stocks that you can get into. And we're going to expand on those in a bit um, on, on another segment here. But but what I wanted to, to walk through is Fighting inflation, which is what we're dealing with right now, is a key issue that you need to get educated on. And one of the reasons why people are coming in to see us now more than ever is, hey, how do I make this money last when things are costing 10 mm-hmm. percent more right. every year? Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's Oof.
2: it's something that we want to educate ourselves on.
0: Yeah. And one last one just to be thinking about as we wrap up today is the legal changes that are constantly uh, Right. Ber- berating us there. There's always something changing, whether it's within Social Security laws. Uh, some big changes were made in that a couple years back that changed strategies, as I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, tax laws are constantly changing. Uh, retirement account laws, when and how you can take mm-hmm. money out and distributions or RMDs. All of that kind of thing is changing. Even strategies available to you and, uh, you know, contribution limits, things like that. All of that is constantly changing changing. And so it's really important to be, you know, really on top of what's happening and how those things impact you because they do impact all of us. Right. We just can choose to ignore it and just be along for the ride or acknowledge our options and be able to make the most of of the, you know, options and opportunities we have.
2: So ultimately, if one thing gets across in these last few minutes is that education is key to enjoying your retirement. Education is key to making sure that you have uh, what you need to enjoy a healthy and peaceful retirement because knowledge is power. And the more you know, um, the more likely it is that you're going to actually hit your goals and live in peace in retirement. And that's what we want to do. We want to offer you guys to call in today and set an appointment with us. Um, Say maybe even what are the areas that you guys think I should be looking at that I may not know about uh, with my retirement plan. Maybe you don't even have a financial plan right now. But no matter where you are in this journey of life, no matter if you're beginning, if you're uh, 21 years old and graduating college and starting your first job, and how should I look at my 401k? And how should I budget all the way to if you're you know 85 and you're like how do i pass on what i have to the ones i love because i've got the other planning in place anywhere in between we want to be the resource to help educate uh, and and help give you some some good advice that you can maximize your retirement
1: 800 971 4549 800 971 4549 j What do you have coming up next?
2: Well, Chrissy, retirement accounts and dividend stocks are a great pairing. So when we come back, I want to highlight a few reasons why holding dividend stocks in your 401k or IRA could be a great strategy for you.
1: Welcome back to the Allon Exchange with Jay and Brittany Hagee. I'm consumer advocate Chrissy Paradis, and I am joined as always by Jay and Brittany Hagee to talk about all things financial planning. You can go to AllonPlanning.com, A L L O N planning.com, or call 800 971 4549 if you want to sit down with. This dynamic duo, they are partners in all areas of life. They own Allen planning together and they lead the financial planning team at Allen as well. And they're married.
0: So when it, it comes, comes to, to
1: <laughs> retirement, I bet you guys have talked about retirement savings maybe once or twice a together, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, just a handful of times. Okay. Yes. That's, that's smart. <laughs> hey, we, we got a plan. It's, we a, teach it's very helpful.
2: It's very helpful when we're getting to plan together and how we get to help others in situations similar to or maybe even one day where we're going to be mm-hmm. uh, continue to plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very helpful to have the different perspectives of of the of the husband wife team, I would say. Mm-hmm. It, would, it would be a good a good uh, analogy to, to utilize is, is to have uh, the cohesiveness um, of different opinions uh, brought to the table.
0: Going as a team, that's right, which is pretty important. I mean, when you're talking finances and you know, uh, living under the same household, especially for married couples, you know, families, those are no small decisions. those are those are big decisions. And you
2: yeah, probably- and and just like husbands and wives go together and making these decisions, that's kind of what I'm talking about mm-hmm. in this segment. What I'm talking about in this segment is what pairs with your retirement savings accounts that could help you with income. So retirement savings uh, accounts, are great if they're large balances, right? It's like, oh man, this is awesome. But you also have to Create income from those because you need an income stream that's going to last you through retirement. So, what's a great tool in order to utilize uh, in order to create some income? Well, there's many, but one I want to talk about today is a dividend-paying stock uh, because it really does well in your tax-deferred earnings. So, if I uh, ask whether you know what this, a
1: dividend-paying stock meant sure. Is that is that a bad
0: question? Great question. Okay. No,
1: that's a great question. Yeah.
2: So, if I had to define a dividend-paying stock, it's you know you can own a stock in any company, uh, and I don't want to just utilize a company, but let's just say like a Walmart or Target or Apple or any of these, right? Mm -hmm. Um, There are certain companies that have preferred stock that pay an actual dividend yearly um, instead of just riding the ups and downs of their stock value. So as a stockholder, if uh, a stock is a dollar and then it goes to $2, well, you've doubled your value in, in monetary uh, value, I should say. You've, you've doubled your value of your position. So a dividend stock on top of that may pay a five or 10% uh, dividend Uh, that gives you even more bonus, let's just call it, on that uh, increase to the stock price. Whereas also if you have a stock that's a dollar and it goes down to $0.80, we've lost value, but you may get paid 5% dividends that Uh you don't lose as much value. That help
0: make up the difference in the loss. So
2: it creates an interest. It bears interest, let's just call it, that they pay a dividend, they pay a bonus on their stock a certain percentage. Even while holding their stock, so you not only get the benefit of the ups of that of that company um, and riding the waves of the growth, but you also get uh, benefit of they will pay you. Uh, a certain percentage on that stock for just holding it. Okay. That's valuable in a few ways, but especially in those tax deferred earning accounts, like your 401ks, your IRAs, your Roths, um, they all have a valuable tax feature, which is deferred earnings, right? This means that you don't pay taxes annually Uh, on the dividend income on these accounts. On any income. That's right. On Uh any income, whether buys and sells, whatnot, you will not pay taxes because they, as long as they stay within those deferred growth growth vehicles. Um, Well, if you hold dividend stocks in taxable accounts, so just in a regular brokerage accounts, you're going to owe whatever percentage of that dividend income is to the IRS each year. Um, So you can't continue to roll it over and defer it. So holding these in your retirement savings accounts is actually a good place because you get to continue earning the interest tax-free until you take uh, profit from those and utilize them for your lifestyle later on in retirement.
0: Right, because when you begin taking distributions, of course, that's when you are subject to the taxes on those dollars
2: mm-hmm. okay so so it's a good thing to know what a dividend paying stock is right that i'm getting interest on my stock holding not just the growth but also you may want to think about putting them in the iras and 401ks and 403bs in your tax deferred vehicles so that way when they pay you that dividend you're not paying taxes on that money every year.
0: and the reason that's important or a you know a potential ugh, man real great strategy for some people is because some are right there on the that threshold of, of, um, gross income, annual gross income, that is right there. You know, between one and another bump up in the the threshold limits. Which, if they were to be bumped up because of the dividend profit that they made that year, it would in, it would increase their entire tax bracket over all of their earned income for the year. So, if we can minimize the mm-hmm. the taxes, that's that's a tax strategy with regard to dividend paying stocks. Mm-hmm. So, it's just something to be aware of. You could you could potentially use this to minimize those taxes by deferring tax payment on on the growth that you receive.
2: Absolutely. So that's one uh, big key here is owning income, uh, producing stocks, right? And owning uh, them in tax deferred accounts. But what this does is create a passive retirement income machine. So that's kind of the way we like to look at it. So dividend stocks and dividend funds produce passive income which actually, as we've talked about, is very useful in retirement. Uh, And the more cash that you can generate through these funds as a retiree, the less reliant that you have to be on selling uh, your shares actually that you hold in order to create distributions for yourself. So let's just imagine that you had enough dividend paying stock income that you could cover all of your uh, day-to-day living expenses without having to actually sell the stock you own and sell off your positions in order to pull from your IRAs or your Roths or your 401 um, ks If you could create that scenario, Sold. then you could, yeah, you could indefinitely maintain your wealth uh, on that. On well, that and here's
0: another way to look at it. Think about it as you know, let's let's convert it to an example of real estate. Think about owning a rental property think about having a rental property mm-hmm. completely paid off you own the property you that's an asset that you have if that property is paid off free and clear it's done but you are still able to earn that passive income from renting that property out, so you don't own anything on the property, you're just gaining that income just by having the property. You know, it's pretty comparable Absolutely. to a dividend paying stock. Same concept, at Same least. Same concept, yeah. and
2: your value of your home will still grow. Yeah, you know, and you, still have, the the, you still have you still have that property value. Still own your wealth, mm-hmm. so so it's very like it's very very good analogy there. Um, but this passive income machine that we're trying to build, if you're in your working years right now. You can reinvest your dividends in your 401ks and IRAs and things, and you're not using that money to live on now, but it grows your retirement accounts even faster. It's like adding a little bit of more oh, juice. Compound interest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's compounding mm-hmm. a little bit quicker because it's not only the growth of the stocks, it's also the the income off the dividend it's producing. So, so income producing stocks would be something that I would ask you guys to consider and see if it's right for you. Um, So once you retire and start taking distributions, like Brittany talked about, you can elect to receive those dividends as cash payments instead of reinvesting them. So that's how you create that passive income machine.
0: While your stock is still growing and benefiting you.
2: Absolutely. While you still own the underlying stock. Exactly. It's not
0: depleting your investment by doing That's what he's saying. And Brittany and Jay Hagee and
1: the team at Alon Planning have a goal, and that is to help you thrive in every season of your life. They Mm -hmm. love to teach. In fact, they offer workshops in the community just to offer that financial education if you would like to to sit down with Jay and Brittany, you can take advantage of this opportunity by calling 800-971-4549. The phone lines are open and the Alon team will take your call. So now that I know a little bit about dividend paying stocks.
2: Yeah, there's one more area that I want to really touch on on these Mm -hmm. dividend paying stocks. And that's uh, when it comes to this battle of inflation that we're dealing with, because You know, according to iShares, the growth uh, in dividends by U.S. companies has really outpaced inflation over the past 150 years, the data says. Uh, So, specifically, the annual dividend growth rate was 3.7%, while inflation grew 2% annually between 1871 and 2021. So we know that we're in a higher inflationary period right now, but dividend growth actually outpaced common inflation over the last 150 years. So I wanted to make sure that folks know that this is a way to actually combat inflation. Um, And there are certain dividend companies that once you have consistently raised your dividend for for 25 years or more, you get a certain title. So some stocks have certain titles called aristocrat title. And that's a company that has consistently over the past 25 years or more raised their dividend on a yearly basis. So that doesn't guarantee that they're always going to raise their dividends and it'll happen forever, but it does show a a deep commitment to doing so to their shareholders. So holding those stocks in particular is a way that you may want to think about, hey, well, this may outpace inflation or at least keep up with inflation so that uh, I can continue to maintain my wealth in these type of environments.
1: 800-971-4549, 1-800-971-4549. The team is standing by to field your call. They'll take a little information from you get you set up with an appointment. And that is the first step. And I can't really think of a better time when it comes to what's going on in the economy to sit down with a financial planning team like Brittany and Jay. You, there's no time it's like never the too late. Never right? never
0: too late. Yep. It's yeah. never too late.
1: So Brittany, what do you have coming up for us next?
0: Well, with all that's going on in the world right now, having a solid investment plan and income plan towards retirement is critical. When we come back, we're going to outline several steps to help make sure your plan is ready for whatever the market, the economy and inflation can throw at you.
1: Exchange with Jay and Brittany Hagee. I am Chrissy Paradis, your consumer advocate, and Brittany and Jay are owners of Allon Planning Partners, and they also lead the financial planning team at Allon. You can go online to Planning, A-L-L-O-N, com, or give us a call 800-971-4549. And Planning is is the key word I think here.
2: Absolutely, yeah. We're, we want to talk about planning.
1: Okay, so what's the plan, Jay?
2: Yeah, <laughs> so so that's really what we want to say, you know, to everyone who walks in. Do you have a plan? Have you planned before? What does your ideal retirement look like? So no matter what the market looks like right now, or what the economy looks like, or inflation, there's there's a ton of things that we're going to outline and make sure that we're prepared for everything. But what are some just some key things that we should be looking at to start off with to keep it simple and simplistic that everyone should be answering uh, when we first sit down?
0: Well, and part of that, too, because so much is going on in our Mm -hmm. world right now. We all know all of the worldwide events that are occurring, um, wars, difficulty in all all different spheres of life. You know, we just had to have a conversation with our, in our individual family here about school shootings and how oh. that impacts, you know, all kinds of things occurring in our mm-hmm. life. The market is up and it's down and it's up and it's down. And there's fear of this and there's fear of that everywhere you turn. And so when there are so many uncertainties, there there are some things you can control. You Mm -hmm. can control what your plan is and what you're going to do if this were to happen or if that were to happen. Mm -hmm. So this is a a comprehensive financial plan is something that that will bring stability in the midst of uncertain times. It will bring stability through the the peaks and the troughs and the ups and the downs uh, of all that's going on in our world and how that has an impact on, us and our finances. Yeah.
2: So what we want to do here real simple, just to keep it elementary is, is what are a couple questions that we would start off with a financial plan to ask folks when they walked in? So one of those first questions are, what is your time horizon? And, and time horizon means it's, it's real simple. What's your current age? And then what's the age at which you expect to use those funds? How long do we have to plan before you need to take the dollars that we're planning for right now. So, what's that look like? Are you thirty-five and want to retire at sixty-five? Mm-hmm. Are you sixty and need to retire next year? Mm-hmm. You know, what does that look like? How much time horizon do we have? Because the longer time in between today and when you hit retirement and when you start needing this income, really the higher level of risk that you can usually withstand, uh, and and the the really what how we allocate your funds would depend on a lot of that, right? So, and additionally. You need returns that outpace inflation. We talked about that in the last segment. Right. What are some strategies we can utilize to outpace this crazy inflation uh, that, we, that we're that we dealing with right now? So first question I would ask anyone that walks in is, okay, where are you in your retirement journey? Where are you in your planning journey? What is your time horizon? Meaning when do we need to start utilizing this income that we're planning for? So that's number one. Uh, okay, another but- one?
0: The the second one would be discussing spending requirements when you're looking at obviously beginning with where you currently are. What is my current income? What are my current expenses? And making sure those are equal. And that all dollars are accounted for, whether they're being spent on true expenses or, or being, uh, you know, chunks mm-hmm. being put away for retirement, however it should be, all those dollars receiving should be accounted for. And the outgo should not exceed the income balancing that first of all. And then secondly, when you're planning for retirement, having realistic exple- expectations right. about post-retirement spending habits, you know, most people argue that after retirement their annual spending will amount to only maybe you know 70 to 80% mm-hmm. of what they have spent previously Could be true Yeah but an assumption like that is mo- a lot of people find that that is unrealistic because that tends to require diminishing the lifestyle to some extent you have mm-hmm. to cut sp- expenses somehow well, uh, if you're doing that
2: And that's assuming that your mortgage is paid off and assuming that everything is you're 100% debt free which we encourage but that's assuming All of those things is why someone would give a 70 to 80 percent. Yeah, but then there's things like,
0: you know, unforeseen medical expenses. There's we talk about that a lot. There's always unexpected that arise. So I guess
2: that second question is really what's your realistic spending requirements through retirement, right? Mm -hmm. What should that look like with inflation? Um, And setting
0: those proper expectations.
2: Absolutely. And so if we get, you know, when are we going to spend this money? When are we going to have to have the uh, income turned on, right? What's the time horizon? What are your spending requirements? The next thing we would ask is, well, in order to meet those requirements in this amount of time, we need to know what rate of return after taxes would you need? That is allocation. That's all about how should we position these funds? What strategies should we implement and utilize in order for you to get the proper returns, or take the proper amount of risk in order to get to the income level you need for retirement.
0: And I would like for Jay to take a moment here and talk about when we do workshops, we talk a lot and educate a lot about the difference between rate of return and sequence of return and what that means. I
2: I do mention this a lot because everybody is aware of average return. When you
0: have an investment account, what's my rate of return or what's my average return? They say anyone I talk to that has
2: an investment account would would absolutely know what is your what is your average rate of return of your portfolio? What is it average the last five years, the last one year, the last 10 years? What's What's been the average of your return? Well, most people don't realize that once you get in retirement and once you're taking a drawdown, you're taking income from your funds, average return is really no longer the king. It's no longer the, the base point that you wanna look at. Uh, and I show illustrations to prove this, but it's really the sequence of returns once you're in retirement. So once you're in retirement, if you're taking a lot of losses up front and, you know, we've been in this bull market for the last 12 years and everything looks great and we've had little dips, but it's went right back up and we've hit all time highs. And now we're getting in this bear market. People are starting to realize, oh, no. Um, I don't know that I'm allocated the right way with my retirement spending. And that's the issue is we want to make sure that we are spending in a way that's responsible, but we're allocated in a way that's responsible. So average return is good while you're actually earning the money to get to retirement. That That's fine. You can look at average return and say, well, I'm averaging 8% a year, 6% a year, 10% a year, whatever that looks like. But sequence of returns is what actually Matters when you're in retirement because if you're taking a lot of those losses at the beginning you're going to run out of money a lot sooner and it's kind of hard to explain over the airwaves but if I could sit down with uh, everyone in person and show them hey here's an apples to apples comparison of what sequence of return looks like uh, as far as you cannot take losses when you're drawing down this money as as proficiently as you can handle them when you're not taking drawdowns from this money Um, it matters in your overall financial planning So, so I always start are there, how should we allocate? The average return is great, but we really want to look at sequence of returns because if you're taking way too much risk, once you start drawing this money down, you can run out of money a lot faster. And that's what we want to avoid at all costs. So I want to give an example real quick of why average return isn't always uh, the king, right? And so let's let's look at this. If, I, if you give me $100 to invest and I have three years to invest it, right? So, the first year I gain 50%. Are, are, are you happy as a client yes. if I gain 50% for you?
0: <laughs> I would hope you'd be happy. I would, I would hope so. <laughs> I would be very happy. I mean,
1: the, exactly. <laughs> d- d- yeah. And so if, no I, loss.
2: if I gain 50% of $100, now you have $150, right? Boom, nothing yep.
1: but net.
2: Well, that's right. We're making money. But, but the next year I say, oh, we've lost 50% because the market went down. We now only have $75, okay, because we lost 50%. Okay, the third year, I say, we're in luck, we gained 30% this year. Okay, so you're up 30%. So if I've had three years, and I've earned you 50%, I've lost 50%, and I've gained 30%. That is positive 30% over three years, you divide that by three,
0: for three years of investment, You get
2: 10%. percent i have averaged. if you're looking at an average return, I've averaged 10% a year. But let's look at the yield. Let's look at the dollars. The dollars say, we started, started with 100. 100. Mm-hmm. I now have 150 on my second year. Lost The 50. third year I lost, so I'm back yeah. to 75. Mm-hmm. The third year I gained 30%. 30% on $75 puts you at $97.50.
0: So after year three, you have 97.50. We started out with 100. Mm-hmm. Oh, but your average return
2: was, was 10%. 10% a year.
0: Like how deceiving is
2: that? So, so it <laughs>
0: right.
1: Oh, okay, so that so that's a little skewed. So it's that's deceiving. Why average Absolutely. return.
2: So so people want to talk all the time about average return, but I really tell them, let's look at yield. Let's look at real dollars yeah. because if average you, return is just deceiving. You've seen an average? I can show you how an average can actually not net you proper anything. amounts of money.
0: Well, not net you anything. Look at this scenario we just outlined. There was a Net profit of negative dollars, but it's a ten percent annual average. It's it's just crazy. That's why you cannot depend on average return.
2: So that's that's what we want to look at, at at time horizon, right? We want to make sure we got the proper time horizon, the proper spending, and the proper allocation. And you know, I know we went a little bit deeper into yeah, average return versus there. sequence of returns, but those are the first three questions that we're going to ask people when they come in, and we're going to take a lot of time educating you on why those three are important to your financial future.
0: And then the last two we'll just touch on really briefly to wrap this up. What is your risk tolerance and what needs have to be met? So what type of risk tolerance do you have? Again, that's really linked to your time horizon. Mm -hmm. How much are you willing to risk to meet your objectives? How much do you need as far as income? You know, all of that is part of that conversation. And then finally, what are your estate estate planning goals? Have you put everything in order to be able to pass on what you do have to the next generation, whether it's through charitable giving, maybe giving it to a nonprofit, or maybe it's your family, you have kids or grand kids extended family um, so that you are sure that when you do pass your funds go to whoever you choose them to go to and again like Jay mentioned not to the government unnecessarily or to um, others who might try and grab at right, a pocket of money. Correct. Yeah. It, it end of life. So
2: having a solid retirement and income plan is absolutely critical as as we've outlined here today. But but I do know from meeting with enough folks that when you come in and sit down, you're going to leave with a question answer that you probably don't even know you have right now. Mm-hmm. So The the great thing is, is let us sit down with you for free, uh, go through your plan, go through your, even if you don't have one, let's start a plan for you. Uh, Let's look at your time horizon. Let's look at your spending habits and requirements. Let's look at your allocation and and whether it's the right thing for you tonight. And and are you getting the average return that you Mm -hmm. think you're getting, right?
0: And I just want to mention too, I was actually on the phone with uh, an individual um, yesterday. And she said that exact question to me, Jay. She said, I don't even know what to ask ask when i come into this appointment mm-hmm. and i said you mm-hmm. know what that's okay you don't have if you have questions bring them but if you don't have them that's all right we're going to begin a conversation that will will start, get get your wheels turning and get you thinking about these different topics to help you know oh man i haven't even thought about that or man i do have all these things in place i just haven't really put it together to to realize what i have you know so we'll we'll help you it's okay if you if you don't know what to say that's or have right. the have the questions to to bring we'll we'll help begin that conversation and get, get you started down yeah, the right path. And we're going to get
2: you to a retirement and financial plan, that we're going to get you to a complete, comprehensive, holistic plan. And so I think that's what uh, every person that we meet with, that's the objective that we that we get for them, is that they actually understand their plan and have peace about it so that their allocations uh, are set up correctly, so that they're beating this inflation that we're dealing with right now as, as best possible, and that we have a plan to tackle whatever comes forward in the future.
1: 800 800- one 971 4549 1-800-971-4549. Brittany, Jay, we've got your favorite segment of the week
0: coming up next, right? It's Q&A. That's all right. Question and answer coming up.
1: Welcome back to the Allon Exchange with Brittany and Jay Hagee of Allon Planning Partners. I'm Chrissy Paradis, your consumer advocate, and thank you so much for calling in with all of these questions because mm-hmm. we have plenty. We're going to start with Gary from Signal Mountain who says, Hi, Brittany and Jay. I'm 67 years old and inheriting approximately 47000 from the sale of my deceased mother's home. Should I invest all of it or invest half and use the other half to pay off the balance of my mortgage? It's approximately 25,000 at 4.5%. Interest.
2: Okay, Gary. Um, well, I'm certainly sorry uh, about your mother, but at at the same time, I understand that there are uh, estate issues that we have to deal with, and so this looks like a one where you are receiving some funds. So that's a great. Um, what I would look at, I would probably want to look at a lot of uh, your individual circumstance before answering this question. But being that it's at four point five percent interest. Um that twenty five thousand I always encourage folks to get out of debt. Pay off debt. Pay off debt as soon as possible. Um there there are certain situations where it makes sense to keep the debt and to reinvest in other areas. So I don't want a blanket statement that, but I would say, um, yeah, I would I would invest a portion and um, if if you wanted to sit down and call back in and, and let us have a, a conversation about your other circumstances, that would that would let me know a little bit more about should you uh, use all of that twenty five thousand to pay off right now, or you may have other loans that are higher interest rates mm-hmm. or something that we may need to knock down first. Um, But but yeah, what I would say is that sounds like a a decent plan, but I would want to know a little bit more information from you specifically before I gave a hundred percent thumbs up to that.
0: It is always good, though, to work towards paying down debt. Right. Gary, thank you so much
1: for your question and for scheduling the complimentary consultation with Brittany and Jay. If you have a situation like Gary's, you can call 800-971-4549. Again, 800-971-4549. Next, we're going to Ron in Chattanooga. Jay, Brittany, I'm 71 years old, and I am on Medicare. I don't have a health savings account. My wife's 63 and is not on Medicare, but she has an HSA, which contributes $3,650 per year. If she contributes $7,300 for the family, can I draw upon that for my medical expenses?
0: Health savings accounts. They can be somewhat of a golden find or a a hidden gem, maybe, within the financial world. A lot of people don't utilize these as much as they could be, uh, specifically when preparing for retirement and unexpected medical expenses. Mm -hmm. So, Ron, specifically with regard to the HSA your wife has, um, the IRS, well, I'll say specifically from publication 969, per the IRS that HSA, fu- those HSA funds can be used on herself as the account owner, her spouse, or any dependents claimed on her tax return, or any dependents that she could have claimed on her tax return, but didn't. So yes, that those funds can be used towards your medical expenses as well. So again, that's a that's a, a great benefit of a health savings account and how that could be utilized within, uh, you know, your family you have benefiting not just you as the account holder, Um, but also your family independence, spouse independence.
1: Ron, thank you so much for the question. We're going to Elizabeth in Trenton next. Elizabeth asks about opening an investment account for a parent who's 55 years old with no retirement savings. She has a limited time to invest and save. What solution would optimize that investment?
2: Okay, well, first I would say, um, you know, you want to make sure that you put one of these financial plans in place that we talked about, not just blindly picking allocation levels or blindly picking funds or stocks or bonds or, or whatever it may be um, uh, out there, that you actually have a plan in place that's going to optimize that for you. Um, and a well-rounded, balanced plan, Portfolio um, allocation model could be that. And I'm, I would want to make sure that it's well diversified because the market that we're in right now, um, diversification is your friend because uh, over concentration can lead to quick demise uh, if, if you're not careful, meaning if you concentrate on one sector too heavy or one stock in particular too heavy, uh, it can just be a lot more volatile for, for folks who are uh, nearing retirement. Um, now, w- there's ways to optimize that, uh, as, as we said, but it's really about putting that well-rounded plan together and making sure that, that you're not Putting yourself at too much risk at a rate of just wanting to gain as fast as you can. So I would say, sit down with us and let's put together uh, a, a well-balanced portfolio uh, so that you can have peace in your investment, not just trying to grow as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned too, um, Elizabeth, about how you're opening the investment account for your parents. So I don't know exactly if that means you would be funding that or you're just helping them getting started. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of, of things to be thinking about there. If, if your parent does have earned income and can contribute to some of these accounts, uh, you know, we would first of all say they should be maximizing contribution limits to to these accounts, like a like an IRA or a Roth IRA, something like that. And secondly, if you are contributing on their behalf, there's also strategies and ways to do that as well. So just there's there's different options depending on how you're contributing, who's contributing, um, the type of account you're opening. That makes a big difference as to contribution limits and all that. So there's there's it's not a simple answer. <laughs> We're not skirting around. The answer here. It's just one of those that is pretty specific, um, and really, again, what we do is purpose-based planning. So, what are the goals you're working towards? Is it to to replace income in retirement? Uh, my guess that that would be my guess um, based off what little I know here about the scenario, um, but that would be an important factor for us to consider as well before we offered a specific, you know, solution or investment uh, specifically for you and your your parents.
1: We're gonna go to Robert in Chattanooga next, who asks, can I buy ETFs for my Roth IRA?
2: Okay. um, So that is a very specific question. And so yes, you can. But I want to explain to folks who may not know what an ETF is. An ETF is an exchange traded fund. So it's a whole lot like a mutual fund in that it is built of a conglomerate of stocks, bonds, uh, cash, real estate investments, commodities. It can hold any asset class within it, like a mutual fund, but it usually comes with a much lower cost um, and it tracks, some of them even tracks uh, indexes like the S&P 500 or um, the the small caps, which is the IWM um, on the market. So so yes, ETFs is a good way to, Um, get a low cost kind of uh, alternative to a mutual fund holding. So it holds a lot of stocks, a lot of bonds, a lot of of certain asset classes in one holding so that uh, you can diversify your portfolio and your Roth without having to go out and pick all those individually yourself.
0: And we actually like ETFs a lot, because yes, it is a conglomerate of a lot of different investments. But it also typically, as Jay mentioned, comes at a a lower cost. So you can get a similar experience without all these crazy added fees that can be tucked away and stowed away and hidden. It, It makes it more affordable.
2: So, yes, I would I would say yes to that question. And uh, would be curious to sit down with you and see which ETFs that you're thinking of so that we could help uh, guide that conversation for you.
1: Give us a call. The lines are open 800-971-4549, 800-971-4549. Again, it comes at no risk to you whatsoever. And we do have time for one more question. So that's going to be Larry in Chatsworth. Larry says... Hi, guys. My wife has been retired from the workforce for eight years, and the two of us have approximately 750000 in assets and no debt. Our combined Social Security benefits today would be more than adequate to sustain our current lifestyle. Is there any point in waiting an additional three years to retire at full retirement age if I can comfortably live off Social Security benefits now?
2: Well, I would say... Maybe, maybe not. Um, And so my, my, I know that's kind of a cop out answer, right? (laughs) And so I don't mean to, I don't mean to like not uh, (laughs) answer that fully, but but the one word that stuck out to me in that Larry is, is that you said the benefits that you have today. Okay, today is not tomorrow, is not next year, is not five years from now, is not 25 years from now, right? Retirement plans encompass all of those periods. And one word that that today looks like is inflation is what steps out to me, is how is inflation going to impact how you can live today versus how you can live 20 years from Mm -hmm. now. So you need to make sure that we're encompassing what when you were looking at, well, is there any reason I should wait till full retirement age. Well, they they take a huge chunk of your social security benefit away for not waiting to uh, to full retirement age and which could eventually lead to um, inflation-based problems down the road when you need more of the benefit than you have today. So I would say this is a perfect scenario where you need someone to put an income and a retirement plan together for you so that you can say that with a peace of mind Yes, I can retire, or I can, I should take Social Security now, or no, I should wait because there's things five years from now that I hadn't even thought about that that's going to bite me in the backside if I do it too early. Mm-hmm. So so I would say this is an exact uh, question that I would want to sit down and answer with you face to face, one on one. Financial literacy is key so when it comes to building wealth and being prepared for retirement. For you. You however, just because a person successfully reaches their retirement retire years with
0: a solid well, we nest have discussed egg does of topics not mean the learning everything from Today on on coming show, life we're going to talk about the that. Well, throughout our entire lives, Uh, you know, we talked about dividend paying stocks and how they can really pair well with with retirement planning. Um, We talked about the actual process of planning and some of the questions that we asked. Uh, you know, are the people that we work with and families that we work with. We talked about sequence of, of return, we talked about rate of return and average return and why it's so important to look at yield versus average return as well. That was a that's a really important piece I hope everybody was able to catch and the goal of this is to provide a resource and educate educate the listeners to be able to answer some of these frequently asked questions all these topics that they're on all of our minds as we're investing and as we're planning whether it's for retirement or for paying down debt or working towards a specific financial goal paying off our home whatever it may be that the topic of finances are on everyone's mind we like to be able to answer these questions and put some practical application to some of these really um, overwhelming topics and really simplify them. And hopefully that's what we've done today. So feel free to reach out to us and give us a call. We would love to sit down with some of our listeners today. Anyone who has some questions and want some specific answers regarding their situation, it'd be our opportunity to sit down and serve you and uh, be a resource, a continued resource to answer some uh, some questions that you may have about how you should best position your assets or be Begin investing to be able to build assets for a stable financial future.
3: Investment advisory services are offered through Foundations Investment Advisors LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Alon Planning Partners is not affiliated with Foundations Investment Advisors. This is intended for informational and educational purposes only. The views, statements, and opinions expressed herein are those of the individual speakers and not necessarily those of Foundations and its affiliates. The information contained herein does not constitute an offer to sell any securities or represent an express or implied opinion or endorsement of any specific investment opportunity, offering, or issuer. Any discussion of performance or returns is not indicative of future results. Any mention of Rates and guarantees provided by insurance products and annuities are subject to the financial strength of the issuing insurance company, not guaranteed by any bank or the FDIC. Each individual investor situation is different, and any ideas provided may not be appropriate for your particular circumstances. Foundations only transacts business in states where it's properly registered, or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration as an investment advisor is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators, and does not mean the advisor has achieved a specific level of skill or ability. No legal or tax advice is provided. Always consult with a tax professional. All rights reserved.